0: Thanks for listening to this Word in Your Ear podcast. If you'd like to get early access to all our productions ad-free, priority booking for our live events, and to take part in our weekly quiz, go to patreon.com slash Ear for more details.
1: Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot You're listening to a podcast from The Word.
0: So here we are. Do you know how long we've been doing this, Mark? And I had a reminder of this this week by the miracle of Apple Photos, I think it is, that shows you old pictures uh, taken on this date in years past that you've kept on your hard drive or whatever. And it had a picture of of us recording uh, a podcast at Abbey Road. Uh, do you remember this? Do you remember, Guy? I remember it? that vividly. Yeah, it was, uh, it was Andrew Harrison, you, me, Matt Hall, and Kate Mossman, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, we had the traditional picture taken going across the zebra, going across the great picture taken in the studio too, and we recorded the actual podcast in, in another studio there. And the reason we recorded that podcast uh, there was to celebrate our 100th podcast, right? How long ago was and our 100th 100th podcast, Mark. This bears just stress. Well, was it 2011? No, when was it? 12 years ago that that we did our 100th. So, you know, people very often say, How many have you done? And strictly speaking, I don't really know how many we've done because, you know, we did it. Very uh, in the early days, we did it in a quite haphazard way, and then Matt Hall came along, so Matt said, "You've got to do it weekly, you know, which is very good advice, you know yeah, and we, we we'd largely done it weekly ever since, and so, but there's been odd changes of format transfer from one host to the other and so forth. So the actual number I would not know. But let me tell you this. It's let me, hundreds. Let me many just, hundreds. Let me just say this to every every other wet behind the ears. Harry <laughs> Vist, Johnny no. Come Bloody Lately, Leaper, related right. Leaper on the podcast bandwagon. We were there before the yeah. lot of you, and and if you want proof, go and go and look. I know it up. every day. There's a kind of Rob Brydon started a podcast, mate. Can mate, I catch don't up? Tell man? me. It's Come just, on. Yes, absolutely. Where have so, you been? So I just thought I'd stress that. It's just worth it's worth talking about our our, our heritage. I'm proud of it. And I remember that podcast very well because Andrew Harrison tells the Van Morrison harmonica story. Oh, is it that? Very, very amusingly. It's a (laughs) kind of it's a kind of greatest hits performance. We just retell stories that people really love. It's like Don McLean doing American Pie, isn't it? It is Andrew Harrison doing the Van Van Morrison. (laughs) Yeah. some <laughs> yeah, old, yeah. So, talking of some old, something else that somebody sent me this week. Um, and you know that people are always sending things from Whistle Test, saying, do you, "Do you know you did this on Whistle Test?" And we tend to say, "I have no memory of it whatsoever." And then they send you the link, and you see it. This is 1983. This is me introducing an item on Whistle Test about the apparent miracle of computerized music. You've you've seen this, haven't you? I've seen it because you you're know. there, on the you're yeah, you're there at the end, I which reminded you. me that I was also, but I had absolutely no memory of it, and it may have been, uh, no disrespect to your stunning presentational skills, <laughs> but it may have been the actual quality of the the item itself. Because no, I I'll what, tell you, they didn't trust is. you to do it, Mark. They didn't trust you with machinery. No, they said so they did quite rightly presenter has got to be able to press the button here press and, the button, uh, and you're doing so, a live telly and I, know, saying, I, just, I hope this works i love that idea that it yeah. might not work you know but anyway the point is it's it, it's it, the, the two apparently miraculous records one is a new single by chris seavey and the other is a new record by pete shelley, pete shelley. As, a, as a solo performer and in both cases they they're miraculous you know, hold on to your hats! A dazzling surprise that they're going to offer is that if you load the tape of this of these singles into your ZX Spectrum computer, total uh, memory twelve k, okay, twelve k, right. <laughs> you can somehow get it to read out the lyrics of this thing alongside playing the music. The lyrics come out as like a sort of ticker tape, don't they? And, and I have to say that as a piece of television, it is sensationally oh, uninteresting. Yes. Absolutely- but it is wrong. It's At the time, it was probably pretty fascinating. It, well, and I'll tell you why it was fascinating, I think, because it's come back to be, because the prime mover behind this item was, was the director of Whistle Test at the time, Tom Corcoran. Tom. And Tom, apart from his many other qualities, was a very early geek. He really was. He was. You know? he was. And in the days when it was BBC computers and, you, you know, only, only geniuses knew how to rig these things up to get them to do very unremarkable things. And so he was the guy who wanted this to happen. He brought in a humongous, great telly from yeah. home. Yeah. okay to line it up next to this, this computer and play these things together. I think he, I've got a recollection of doing something about CDs as well, the incredible new, unbreakable format that will change the world, you know And it, it made whistle test briefly feel like tomorrow's world. As you know as what as I mean? it. It's as if you and I should have got out of our check shirts and put on white lab coats. And uh, but, a, a but serious let me, expression. Let, but let me ask you this. You see, back then, we used to sort of believe in the future. We believed that there were, there were technological barriers and they would be broached at some point in in, in the future. Uh, and, you know, things would, would be delivered to you in different yeah. means and quicker and so forth. I don't think we believe that any longer because we sort of think if technology is capable of doing something... It ought to be doing it right now, you know, and I can't sit here and think, how could the delivery of music, for instance, be better at some point in two years in the future than it is now? The only way people can think of it being better is if it goes back to, you know, vinyl and things like that. I don't think anybody's sitting here saying, wouldn't it be great to have music as a kind of implant or something like that? I don't or think they are. Couldn't we have it any faster? It's not immediate enough. You know, you can't. You know, absolutely everything you want, you can get straight away and with visuals. You know, it. it, it you're right. But the the thing about that that old bit of footage on the telly that reminded me, it, it, it made me think of how good actually the old whistle test things in the seventies were, when they used to think how can we illustrate this song, and rather than just printed out lyrics, as, as we saw on that thing. You know, they had, uh, you know, Felix the Cat cartoons for Jefferson Starship and 20s flappers dancing to Trampled Underfoot by Led Zeppelin. And Do you used, remember that? It used They're to really come, good. I uh, know. I'll tell you where that stuff used to come from. It came from a company called Film Finders, yep. which was run by Philip Jenkinson, who used to be one of the hosts of Late Night Lineup. Um, you, you'd have seen him on telly yep. numerous times. who was a very serious film buff. And I think it was probably in the days, how can I put this diplomatically? I think it was in the days when um it, multinational movie and media conglomerates did not have huge legal departments going around <laughs> issuing cease and desist or saying, orders. hang on, you've stole a piece of our footage and put it really? in the Earl Grey whistle test, which they did, didn't they? Absolutely yeah. they did, you know. Yeah. And so the irony is that stuff, which was which was put on in order to have a way of illustrating music when before people did videos, yeah, you couldn't show it any longer because you couldn't clear it any longer. Yeah, whereas in those days it was still sufficiently the wild west for you to be able to get away with it yeah oh uh, look some betty boop footage let's absolutely. stick that onto you know Van de Graaff generator and also it works. He, betty boop is now is now officially too saucy to be on the television in well, she is now either. absolutely right because yeah. the, the animators used to used to keep themselves amused didn't they by occasionally um they, they'd insert a frame where she'd neglected to wear her uh, her underwear that's right. Um, which was which court. now would they would people would freeze that frame and tweet it vigorously, <laughs> and they the director general a heap of the shame BBC upon the, boop. the director general of the BBC would resign. He'd have to, to resign. he had to, first have to apologise. That's <laughs> right. So <laughs> then he be out. Further, oh, vari- further, variations on theme of uh, things aren't what they used to be. Uh, a, a friend was telling me the other day he 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 he. Runs a, a, a large uh, the theatrical opera company, and when they do traditionally, when they do when they do dress rehearsals, they invite friends and family of the audience uh, of the cast come along. You know, it doesn't cost anything, and so forth. And so traditionally, what they do to defray some of the cost at the end is they go out with the old plastic bucket. You know, as people yeah. are exiting. Ex- ex- Exiting people are perfectly used to that, aren't they? And people chuck in a couple of quid or a fiver or whatever. And so, at the end of the evening, you might end up with three hundred quid or something, you know. And it's 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 worth doing. Of course, now we're in the cashless society. All that can you can't do that anymore. And so, what do they know, raise? Can you you make, you make an appeal and you say if you'd like to make a donation, you can do it online. Seventeen pounds fifty. 17 pounds 50 as opposed to 300 pounds and it just made me think you know, they, they, the implications of the cashless society for all kinds uh, of that's things. amazing I, 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 and, and cash there's something irreplaceably thrilling about it. i can remember nick lowe once telling me that there is absolutely no feeling to replace that of returning is a few years ago returning from doing a gig with a tonne in cash in your pocket, oh, yeah. and it's true. You know, you get home and there's a brick of cash. You know, <laughs> that, you just you can just tear off great chunks of it and throw it at this and throw it. We at that. used That's to a we, we feeling. We you know? we used to talk. Uh, we, we used to work with an old ad man who used to talk about but having enough cash in his pocket. Uh, printers, particularly, yeah, Print, yeah. printers and cab drivers were always holding, folding, holding, as Rod used to say. And he said they've got a brick of cash big enough to choke, to a, choke donkey. a donkey. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, 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 I know. I you know, I Ron still saw. I still think about that. But you're quite right. The thrill of cash, and of course, this is a huge thing in pop music. I've been putting together a compilation um cd multi cd thing and and one of the one of the tracks on it is uh is by the great jesse winchester um the opening track of his first album which is called payday and it's i think the opening the opening couplet is let's go out on the town tonight my pockets, my pockets are heavy heavy with loot, loot. that's heavy <laughs> with loot <laughs> Isn't that? Loops a great phrase. As if you somehow um, stole it in the first place. Oh you know? God! Oh, that's yeah, gorgeous. And uh, you know, and of course, if you go back further, you got the Easy Beats Friday on my mind. Yeah. You know, which we all remember. You know, tonight I'll spend my bread. Tonight I'll lose, I'll my, lose head. my head. Tonight, the, that's right. The yeah. idea is on Thursday you had nothing. Yeah. On Friday you've got everything, and on Saturday you'll probably have nothing. You have nothing ahead. again. Because that's the way it but works. It's but it's about very small sums of money, comparatively. It's about enough money. It's not it's not life-changing. It's that it's, it's day-changing, isn't it? It's, it's enough it. money to get absolutely. you absolutely plastered and uh, and get a huge hangover. And An impress it. a girl. And um, impress a girl, exactly. And, uh, wh- whereas, you know, hip-hop is hugely, you know, it talks about cash a lot. You know, I've got to get paid, all that kind of thing but what it, that is talking about is it, is enormous sums yeah, yeah. isn't it of, yeah. of life changing if you were sensible but <laughs> probably not um yeah. you know that, that's talking about tens of thousands of dollars isn't it it Rather is than enough to get through through the weekend But I love the feeling that in so many songs back in the day, you got that very physical feeling of the the texture and almost the touch of uh, of money, you know. Do you remember all the folk songs about the greenback dollar? Oh, there's always absolutely. mentions of bills and bucks and nickels and lousy yeah, dimes. Yeah, there's a great in stormy Monday there's a great line. It goes: uh, the eagle flies on Friday, and Saturday. Saturday I go out to play because there's an eagle on the back of a, of a probably still is. is, there oh, is that? Yeah, way? the eagle. The eagle flies on Friday it means, means I, I get need, cash. I did yeah. not know that the eagle. There, which means I'm going to take off because I've got the money to be able to fly with. It's fantastic. Oh wow!
1: And well, it like?
0: A, but, what was that? Who did? It's all about the Benjamins. Oh uh, yeah, it's was, uh, wasn't it? Yeah, Benjamin Franklin's on a hundred dollar note. Yeah, I Yeah, that's right. Um, the and dead they, presidents, but he wasn't a president, Benjamin Franklin. No, you know. But and there's yeah. a there's a great, <laughs> Sorry, there's a great history hip-hop. lesson though. Oh yeah. There's a great hip hop song that 70s Johnson used to play in the word of called uh, Turn My Swag On by Soldier Boy, which is about making huge amounts of money. It's bling. It's about kind of dressing up and making money. And he has a great line that he says, I'll be making paper like you wouldn't believe. That's a lovely line. Oh, making yeah. paper, that's holy fun. And the other thing about cash is you can, the sound of it, the genius of yeah. money by the Pink Floyd is the sound of the cash deals. Is. The genius of money in cabaret is um, you know a mark a yen a buck or a pound the clinking clanking sound so. that's fantastic I think you, know, you cannot get that sensation Dave from a bank transfer can you I don't know maybe it... <laughs> has anybody so there's a there's a challenge to the massive has anybody written recently a song that reflects the modern ways of, uh, of people getting compensated or paying for things you know which are you know Hold your phone over the uh, over the, the swipe machine or whatever you know. Um, I'd be interested to see if anybody's done it. Do you remember? You must have had jobs where you were paid in cash weekly. Yeah. And they used to turn up and they give you the cash and they had these beautiful envelopes and they had there. a little bit with holes in it. They had you a window through. That's they right. Win- they had a window. And and they would lay out the notes, the different denominations of notes in such a way that I found them out. Yeah, you could see them all. Count how many ones or how many fives were in there. And then the coins would be visible below, because the idea is you could count it without breaking the seal. Without breaking the seal. And, uh, and if I, I not- worked in a tractor factory uh, when I left school for uh, about three or four months, and I can I can still I can remember on Fridays you got your wage packet. You remember that brown envelope, exactly the envelope you're talking about. Yeah. I can even remember what it was. It was twenty three pound forty for a week, and that was just no. seemed a massive amount, uh, ridiculous. Yeah. And when you when you did overtime, so couple of weeks later you get significantly more yeah you know. that was just unbelievably thrilling then. but that's another thought isn't it? it's all about the idea that you saved up to buy a record or whatever oh you, know, you physically saved up uh, you know the, 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 you, you actually put money aside I, I, and i love that idea i remember going to stay with john peel once when we were at word we just started word and i, I was doing an interview and i stayed overnight at his house and he had a little jar for two pound coins in the kitchen. And everybody put the two pound coins in when there was enough, they all went out and had a pizza.
1: I thought that's oh, such a yeah.
0: lovely idea. And I wonder if people still do that. I don't no, know. No. Probably not because well, you not have two pound coins. You, know? you probably, if you're like me, you've probably gone in your house somewhere, a jar that contains coins yep. that you put in there last February. Oh and, right. And you have <laughs> you, you haven't there you go. Here's, here's one with foreign currency in it, you know, which is just completely useless. I mean, really. yeah, yeah, absolutely. It'll be useless even when uh, even when we can all go out. I know. Now, now just while we're dealing with the important issues, what's the most stupid two words anybody can ever put on an album cover? I'm going to tell go you. Go on. What. Go on. The most stupid, stupid two words, and they, they appear on loads of album covers, play loud. Oh, yeah, play, play loud. loud. Oh, I quite like that. What what, what is that? This? Well, somebody had an album, Was it Slade had a record called Play, play, play It Loud or something. Wasn't that the second album? Oh, no. I It's on the Stones album. It's on Let It Bleed, I think. So it's, uh, it, it is. So this record should be played Like I like that idea. It means let's get the party started. Let's kick off. I found this. I found that. I was looking at the issue. The reason I was thinking of that, I found this yesterday. Prefab Sprout, Steve, Mc, Steve McQueen.
1: Sure, Not so no didn't say Play Loud, did it?
0: There you go. You're it kidding does. me. It says, due to the exceptional length of this record, play loud. Now that's what well, doesn't make any sense at all. Doesn't make any sense at all because all you, if you're going to play it louder and it's, you know, its signal isn't isn't that high, all you're going to hear is more surface noise, aren't you? Yeah, you know, you're not going to hear the any brief, more. Of the brown, hardly. That's incredible. Do they have that on everything with the girl records? Could I buy a, a young marble jug and with and play Just play get quiet and newsome <laughs> Has anybody ever put a record out called Play Quiet? You know, that uh, and also it's subjective. You know, we, we make the judgment ourselves, can't we, as to we whether can. something needs to be turned up or not? No, it's up to us. But I still like the idea that it means there's a party <laughs> waiting to be had here, so get involved. Oh, okay.
1: The word podcast, prime cuts of popular culture served fresh each week.
0: Somebody sent uh, me a picture this week of um, of somebody in Sydney, Australia, who who was celebrating their fiftieth birthday, uh, and they de- decorated the back the backyard with the kind of livery of my nineteen seventy one book. They, oh. they painted nineteen seventy one all over the the garage door is absolute. oh, it's absolutely oh that's uh, so, it's very nice. gratifying. so that's really touching yeah 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 so but i'd love to see that that's so I'll, I'll send it to you later so yeah, f- yeah. 50 years ago uh 50 years ago round right about this week was it johnny mitchell's blue came out almost exactly this week i think it's about just about a week's time i know god i can remember that coming out god that was that was a big deal wasn't it what i don't i i i i mean press Maybe it wasn't play. a big deal uh, instantly you not it, it, it was be. instantly you but know because, my- God, you, you put out records quite quite frequently in those days. Added as did many people in those days. You know, so there was less there was less fanfare about each individual one. You know, but uh, I was just looking at the original uh, review in Roland's oh, Stone. Oh, this by is good, Tim, Timothy Krause, and um, and he he says he, he's kind of generally appreciative, but. But you know, it's 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 very much you know he's only just heard it kind of thing. You know, he hasn't lived with it or anything like that, and he certainly does. It certainly doesn't herald it as 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 if it is one of the greatest records of all time. Which of course nowadays it gets into loads of people's lists. You know, of those kind of things. But it's interesting that uh, he says that uh, that certain songs you just can't work out what they're about at all. He says, little, well, green, little Green will be one of say, them, yeah. He says, dressed up in such cryptic references, it passeth all understanding. Well, we but, didn't know for, what, <laughs> 20 years, did we?
1: Because Little Green
0: not. was about the birth of her... Well, she gave up her daughter for adoption, I think, in 1965. And I think she reunited with her thirty years later. Yeah, it? yeah, she'd not. And by yeah, the time yeah. they'd actually met, they make By the time they met, I think her daughter had become a, a, a mother too, so she became a mother and a grandmother overnight. Yeah. And, and, and her, interesting pop fact: her, her like, own her mother career. was her own mother was still alive. Yes, that's right. So, that's there, was right. so there were suddenly four generations. I know incredible. Craig. Yeah, and, and interestingly, she sort of, I think, at that point, stopped. She put out, uh, she said put that. out an album. Of, there was an album she'd been working on. I forgot what it's called. I think it's called Taming of the Tiger. She then put out the orchestral reworkings of her songs. There was one more album, I think, in 2007, slightly half-hearted, and she kind of retired. So maybe that had some kind of effect on her. I think, I think she's done. said this, actually. Yeah. I think she's admitted, you know, saying this, that, yeah. uh, that it made made such a difference to her life that she that they kind of the creative urge was a was a form of compensation absolutely in the in the 70s and, uh, yeah. and the 80s uh, you know but it's uh, and that but you I, I, up do, that- I do i well, do think it's really interesting that that uh, it's one of those records we people often say or she, i think she said herself it was it was like an x-ray you know i i i, I had no personal de- Well, she did say this i had no personal defenses I felt like a cellophane wrapper on a pack of cigarettes. I felt like I had absolutely no secret from the world and I couldn't pretend in my life to be strong or to be happy. And, but, of course, she wrote that song, Little Green, and nobody knew what it was about. No, absolutely. And, and now, now that we know, you, you, you've got to have heart clear. You've got to, you know, it has a reality that other songs don't have. Because, you know, it's, it's the literal truth, isn't it? You know, yeah. about, about what must have been a, a terrible wrenching you know, incident in our life. Whereas the other songs, they could be about James Taylor. They could be about David Blue. They could be about Graham Nash. You don't really know. You know, you can apply them if you want. But it, it's just interesting. You know, we always think we can tell things about people's lives from from the songs on their records. And I don't really know whether you can because they're just songs, aren't they? You know they just they're just compositions and 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 you know whatever scans or whatever makes a good title or whatever is more important than whether it's the literal truth about but the difference this. between her because there were people at the time you thought you knew a bit about i mean leonard cohen you know he did, did nancy and uh, suzanne and marianne you know the people that he, he, he who were in his world seemed so exotic and fabulous but there's no actual detail about that like there's a little bit in paul simon songs America's a really good example where they're on the they on the greyhound buff you know and uh you know, you, you know the, 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 his, his tie is really a camera and the man in the gabardine, gabardine coat is a spy and all that. You can imagine that kind of world that they're and You wanted to have those kind of conversations yourself. But the thing about Joni Mitchell was that there's lots of details in those songs that really make them come alive and make them possible to picture. They're like plays, I think. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? The last time I saw Richard, it was a kind of a conversation. But there's better. the barmaid came by and fished net stockings and a bow tie and said, drink up now. It's getting on time to close. Those are brilliant, brilliant... Brilliant, just, just details. My fingernails are filthy. I've got beach tower on my feet. I'm going to rent a grand piano and put flowers around the room. You know, the clean white linen, the fancy French cologne. You, I think you've got a real idea of the I fabric lo- of her life. I know? love, I love, I love the references, and she does it in loads of her records to the clean white linen. Yeah, like that. it's always the, the thing about Jane Mitchell. She's never made any secret about the fact she loves luxury. Yeah. You know, me, I play for fortunes and the and right. curtain calls and all that kind of thing. Yeah. She likes the fancy life. She likes the five star life because she lived the other kind of life as well. She did. And she doesn't want to make any pretense about it at all. And it's a it's a real addition to the song. I've just I've just realized I wrote down a really bad couplet from Blue. And I'm gonna I've written on a piece of paper over there, I'm gonna go and find go it. Go get you it. I can't believe minute. I can't believe there's a bad couplet on Blue a lot of good ones. My old man's got some lovely lyrics in it. The bed's too big, the frying pan's too wide. Those are just fantastic images, I think, everyone can relate to. So good. Go, go, tell us the bad couplet. Oh, God, why did I write it down? Oh, there we go. Uh, I think it's on California. Okay, defend this, Mark Allen. <laughs> I'm going to see the folks I dig. Oh, I li- I'll, even, I'll kiss even kiss the sunset. Big. Big. That's poor. Um, I'm sorry, Joni. That's That's poor. poor. No, that is... There are some good others. One about say, going to a party, going to Spain, you go to a party on a, uh, down a dirt uh, uh, road Red or Day. something, and lots of pretty people there reading Rolling Stone, reading Vogue. That's yes. a fantastic line. I love that. The idea that you know what you gave these outposts the one and America is leading the way. With
1: the what <laughs> do you? Stone what do
0: you think about applause? Applause. Life is our cause. When I feel your kisses, my mind seesaws. 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 But she gets away with it. She gets Just away about. with it because of the way she does it, you know. But I can't uh, think of, a, of another musician that you felt you knew as much about. You're probably right. I mean, it, it probably was utterly fictional, but you had a very clear life of the uh, view of the, of the world she inhabited and felt incredibly strong bond towards I did. it. I mean, I can remember going with my girlfriend to uh, Crete in when I would have been 74 and going to Matala. Why? Because she had been to Matala in oh, one right. of her songs right. and had hung around in the caves. In the beach tower on my feet. The wind is in from Africa. I mean that's that's how powerful a pull it was on me. The wind is in from Africa is a wonderful opening. Yeah, last night I couldn't sleep. It's, it's fantastic. fantastic. Oh but I don't think, you know, I'm not sure whether these things are all literal, literally true. It's just that that people they, they mine their own lives, don't yeah. they, for for ideas. And then they put them alongside other ideas and uh you know it's like you know it, you know what's that old line about when a writer enters a family the family is no more because oh, they, right. take, they, they take they take and expose absolutely everything you know all say, columnists say that don't they yeah, everything yeah. is raw material everything everything, everything is raw yeah, material. yeah yeah so yeah so 50 years ago uh this week and if, if you haven't got it well go and get it can't get it. Johnny Mitchell's blue. Um also 1971, that fantastic clip that you sent me that someone had sent you right, of that yes. group. Oh my god, it's so sweet. Oh wait, I've got to find this. I've so the story is, now. if I remember writing, the story is is a group was called Kinky Machine, and Kinky Machine played their farewell concert at the Woodville Halls in Gravesend in 1971 and what they've done and this has happened quite a bit during lockdown is that the remaining members of kinky machine who i think is all of them possibly apart from the drummer um oh well spread out all over the world now have reunited and made this little video they've written a new song and it's a lovely little self-explanatory song that sort of talks about their old life in 1971 in Gravesend, and also their new new life now you know and they're very sweet they they formed in a place called the telly tea bar which they said, an an, an unprepossessing cafe with a jukebox playing All Right Now and Layla, alternatively, until unplugged. (laughs) And and, and the whole thing is about looking back on the old um, haunts, isn't it? There was a pub called the Borough Shades and the pub called the Prince of Orange, and they have little pictures of them. What they look like now, the details are amazing. What they look like now and what they look like then—it's fantastic. It is fantastic. It's worth, we'll, we'll post it actually. Uh, say it's really worth seeing. And it was Keith Beacock that sent that uh, to us. And they're so. a really nice bunch of uh, really well-preserved, cheerful blokes. <laughs> they are with their lovely wives. Some of—I think—some of the wives might have been in the band too, actually. I Co- tell well you what, they reminded bit. me of actually. if We were on a bit of a hippie trip. They reminded me of a group called Global Village Trucking Company. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and they sound very like them, you know, who had that kind of Ian Dury kind of what went on to be kind of like madness, that kind of sort of upbeat, um oomphah kind of musical vibe about them. And uh, Global Village Trucking Company had been going in 1970. I saw them in 1974, I remember, in Oxford. And they reformed not long ago. And I love that. And the (laughs) the interesting pop fact about the the Global Village Trucking Company was there was a rumour that the keyboard player James Lascelles was the second son of the 7th Earl of Harewood and also the stepson of Jeremy Thorpe. And it turned out in real life that actually he was the second son of the seventh Earl of Harewood and yes, he was, was the stepson of Jeremy Thorpe because his mum went on to marry each other. Yeah, and yeah. he was the first cousin once removed to the Queen of Elizabeth II and in line to the succession to the British throne. Now, that is pretty amazing. You know, feel- all those things were true. People would go, they'd come on stage, so, you go, oh, Jeremy Thorpe's son, or, you know, he's, <laughs> he's in line he, he's in line to be the King of England. you go, get off, you know. Turns out... He was! That would have been really good because uh, Pete Frame could have done A Family Tree, which had the Global Village Trucking Company on one side and the kind of House of Prince Hanover. Philip on, on the other. On that's the right, yeah. <laughs> just go on forever. That's brilliant. Well... That's- I wonder if there was a posher person in rock. I doubt it, actually. That's terrific, isn't it? If you know a posher person in rock, please get in touch. This is A Junction
1: in the Word podcast. It separates that bit... From this next bit.
0: Any other business? We're joined by Alex Gold. How are you doing, Alex? My God, you've got a lot of hair, haven't you?
1: Yeah, it's it's <laughs> it's definitely it's definitely going south at a rapid rate. Um, it's good. I'm going to be like it, it in the next couple of months, though. I think I'm actually thinking about seriously thinking about um keeping it when it's been cut and getting it fashioned into um my next John Lennon wig.
0: <laughs> oh, a wig made out of your own hair—that'd yeah, be amazing, oh. isn't
1: it? I quite like the idea of that. no that's it. That's bizarre.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. it really, you are very. It's very Abbey Road now, isn't it? It actually? is. It is. The same it's colour actually, everything. That's true, actually. Yeah, it's, it's actually on. Let's have a look at your profile as if you're walking across the zebra. Oh, well, it it's good. Oh, God, it it is good. It's good. If proper. you got a white suit, Alex, you got a white, white suit. A pair put of. Put your hands in your pockets and oh, then gym the shoes. Well, I've
1: got, I've, got, I've, got it, I've got it all in my cupboard over there. That's the thing. But this is this is actually better than my John Lennon circa 1969 wig. Very it's good. Really got me thinking. <laughs> talking um, to the
0: Beatles, talking to the Beatles. John Dredge, um, who sent me, uh, uh, he found an old ad for Bassett's Jelly Babies from presumably the, the 1960s. And uh, the copy goes, We name no names, but a certain pop group is believed to rate Jelly Babies top of the sweet parade, blah, 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 blah. And of course, well, you don't remember, Alex, because clearly you weren't there, but we do remember that we during do. the height of Beatlemania, Girls used to pelt the Beatles with jelly babies because they'd once said in an interview that they liked jelly babies, or one of them had, or whatever. And they used to, after a while, they complained about this. And it's only now when I look at that ad that John sent in, I thought, I'm not surprised they... Can you they, imagine it? What must it have be been like? It's got kind of a smart, hasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> A handful of jelly babies raining down like shrapnel from the, from the gallery. I God mean, the, they're heavy as well, aren't they, yeah, jelly yeah, babies? Yeah. You know, with Smarties, not so much of a problem. But a jelly baby catching you on the forehead—you'd
1: you'd you know we, about it, wouldn't you? A jelly baby is quite dense. You know, its yeah. exterior belies its density. So I imagine there's a projectile. <laughs> it, there's yeah. a lot of purchase in a jelly baby.
0: Well, thanks for that, John. And uh, we've also another feedback from. Uh, from uh, Patreons and, uh, and friends. Chuck Lonson in, um, in Savannah, Georgia, sends this. He wants to know uh, how many original members must take part in a concert or album in order to, for it to be really considered that particular band. The Stones are down to three original members, Yes uh could just keith and mick carry on as the stones would ringo and paul be the beatles could just paul and john have been the beatles pete and roger are still the who could it have been doltery and entwhistle you know which individual's participation is so integral that losing one person ends the band no matter how many originals remain it's a good point well put chuck um, very good point. But but McCartney and Ringo as the Beatles, would be worry. a riot. Yeah, oh they would be a riot. God the be- go be- I mean, they would sell less tickets than McCartney on his own. Yeah, or Ringo be- on his own. Beatles, actually. different case, I think we've got to say. Case. Different case. Four and two have
1: gone, you know, I don't know. I think um, if you have a writer or writers in the group, you'd have to have those writers presence to to make it feel like it was the group. Right. I don't so do think you could have the Who Without Townsend, for example. Could really you have,
0: well if you had the Who Without Townsend right now it would be a Roger Daltrey show, wouldn't it? It would. Literally. <laughs> so, like, God forbid. You, know, you couldn't have Roger you couldn't Daltrey. Have the, you couldn't have the Kings without Ray Davis. You probably no. couldn't have you probably couldn't have Oasis without Liam Gallagher, actually. Although clearly Noel sings some of the songs. It isn't Couldn't have the pretenders without Chrissy Hyundai. Sting n- not in the police? That no, doesn't really work. Though. No, it doesn't. Mind work. you, there are groups. Who've carried on without the lead singers, haven't they? Stranglers did all right. They? The undertones. Gang of Four at the very end was just one member of Gang of Four who was the guitar player who never sung, Andy Gill. So and the Gang of Four was one, was it? One member know. of the Gang of Four <laughs> who was not the idea. singer. They were still called Gang of Four. That's amazing, <laughs> isn't it? Uh, that's a different level, isn't it? Because it is. if you're a Gang of Four fan, you kind of know what you're getting, don't you? Yeah. yeah. You're buying us the concept of the Gang of Four. You, you the are. The band. Whereas, out of the the Who or whatever, that's, that's the Who without Pete Townsend. that would feel like selling tickets under false pretenses. It would, really would do. It uh, would do. But yeah, be like but the, the Clash reforming now with No Joe Strummer would be just utterly wrong. Although did, did, the Cl- even, did the Clash do anything
1: without Joe's Drummer? They nearly did. I'm s- pretty, pretty so. sure they I nearly they be- did. Yeah, no, no, I'm pretty on. sure they nearly reformed for... I think it was a Rock and Roll Hall of Fame thing with Bruce Springsteen um, taking the Strummer position.
0: Oh, yeah. well, that's 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 got a value all of his own. Yeah, it has. Yeah, that's,
1: uh, that's, 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 that's got a, <laughs> that's, a bit of a magnetic that's, pull. It's right. improved,
0: actually. Yeah. No,
1: but the logic was, apparently, that Strummer it, is the closest thing to being... Uh, sorry, Springsteen's the closest thing to being Joe Strummer's counterpart in, in terms of what he stands for and, all
0: right, and um, right, everything like right. that.
1: So. Yeah, I could live with that.
0: Well, but, but you know, there's, um, there was a time when the concept of Merillion without fish was inconceivable. But they've had. They've no both fish had very for, good careers, haven't they? They've had no fish for absolutely years now. You probably, you probably just have to go out and prove it all again, don't you, really, is the truth. You've got to get through that point where people go, no, actually, the new bloke's really good. Yeah. You know, they're, they're actually better with this person. You sort of have to do that before people accept it. But there's I think the answer to your question is, Chuck, there's no hard and fast rule, really. This debate will no case doubt. By run case by case issue. It's a case by case. Yeah. And we'll we'll set ourselves up as consultants, you know, for a <laughs> for a fee. We will tell you if your proposed lineup of your reformed group is taking money under false pretenses or not. Shall we do that? Uh i i asked if anybody had any um any questions to put to the jury uh and uh you know while we were doing this podcast and somebody asked who was it um brian cannon uh brian cannon hunter which film have you watched the most times because we were talking about this only the other day weren't we that there are certain films that you just watch. Is it a music music, music film or just a film? It's any film. I'm sure it's just any film. I'll go first. And the acid test of this is, if you're walking through the living room and these films are on the television, do you sit down, first of all, on the edge of a sofa, pretending you're only going to be there for a little while, and then after a while you slip down into the main body of the sofa... And uh, you're clearly there until the end of the film, and and I I am a sucker for certain things. If if any Ealing comedy is on the television as I'm going through the room, I sit down straight away. You know, yeah, absolutely anything made in Ealing. You know, and uh, Lady the, Killers, fantastic. The, the the Lady Killers, anything anything like that. But also more recently, the film that I watched again and again and again. Uh, and I absolutely love, is Master and Commander. the have um, Russell Crowe, uh, Peter Weir film uh, based on the Patrick O'Brien books. I think it's a fantastic film, that. And it's, it's just, I also forget loads of the plot, which is a, quite a strength in a film when you go back to it, you think. You're, you're reintroduced to things. Like, oh, yes, of course, that And then that. There's so abs. many episodes. There's the there's there's the bit where they get becalmed and, uh, oh. and their kind of mental state becomes begins to unravel. I mean, it's absolutely great. And the Galapagos. Galapagos, they have to and, abandon uh, all the creatures. Yes, and, right. and the drama at the beginning. And, oh, I think I think it's such a good film. If you haven't seen it, go and see it. But also, something else. <laughs> which I don't think is a, a, a particularly work of genius or anything like that, but I've watched it loads of times. And I actually sent you, I, I nudged you on it the other day. I said, this is on the BBC iPlayer. Go and watch it. Which is Margin Call, the the film about, uh, you know, thinly disguised uh, version of the kind of Bearings Bank-type collapse uh, set in it's the... It's financial, uh, it's 2008 New York, isn't it? It is not it Yes. Yeah. Hey, I think it's a really, really fantastic good film. film. Didn't you think? Really powerful drama. It's extraordinary, and that's I, again, that's just a play. It's just brilliant dialogue, all taking place as their whole world starts to fall apart. They realize that they've uh, that, that, that they're headed for a financial catastrophe. It's just brilliant. Stars Great Kevin, lineup. Kevin Spacey, Jeremy, uh, Jeremy Irons, Irons yeah, uh, Paul D- Bettany. It's uh, really, really good. Uh, I'd recommend that. What about you, Mark? Well, I would have to just add to that uh, Some Like It Hot. I'm sorry, I can't think how many times I've seen Some Like It Hot. I can't resist it. It's wonderful. I know it has no great hidden depths or anything like that, but there's something incredibly funny and cheering and optimistic and knockabout and beautiful about the whole thing. Just the, the, the story, the, the, the two, Jack Lemmon and Tony Curtis, their, 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 their acting abilities, playing their parts in drag, you know, the lines, I think it's gorgeous. It's fantastic. Also, but- they're not—they're not making that kind of film anymore. Obviously. No, they're not. I mean, that was the other thing, you know. So often, you know, My television—I don't know if it's something that that's something to do with the way I use it, but when I turn it on, it opens on not on BBC One. It opens on Talking Pictures TV. It just does. It defaults to Talking Pictures TV, which is the channel that just runs old movies from the forties and the fifties and the sixties, or whatever. Because I clearly just watched so much of that kind of yeah, stuff, yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, I, I wish that I wish there were more
1: channels like that. What about you, Alex? The only film I've ever watched so much that I could recite the whole thing from start to finish, and did, was the um, was the nineteen eighty six animated Transformers movie cartoon. <laughs> <laughs> I used to watch it on a daily basis, and I could. I could recite the whole thing from start to finish.
0: So what's the, what's the opening line then,
1: Alex? Oh, I could not remember that now. God damn it! Um, <laughs> probably, probably something like "transform." But all um, oh, right, all right. At the time, we
0: went on a holiday once when our kids were—I uh, think they were about thirteen and eleven—and they could recite the entire script of uh, Austin Powers. Oh wow! And playing three or four parts each. And uh, you know Doctor Evil and, uh, and the the, uh, the the Liz Hurley part and all that. It was so funny, absolutely brilliant. Yeah, you can can of you? you can memorise the entire thing if you've seen it enough. Yeah, I wish. Now you- here is a challenging question from Matt Penny. Here's a nice cheery thought: <laughs> Would you rather live without books or live without music? Mm-hmm oh god Ooh. well it's easier to remind yourself of music because it's in your head yes you can just replay records because they're so familiar you can't replay books you know you reread a book and you're just your toes curl up with delight at the at the phraseology of a certain paragraph so i
1: think probably the answer is i've got enough music made i don't know really yeah i want to go a little bit esoteric here and say that all the music you need is is within you already hey um,
0: There's a lot of truth. Yeah,
1: there's
0: a lot of truth. Um, Which uh, another another question? uh, I've forgotten who this came from. Um, Somebody was asking, you know, what what what's the record that you you reach for when you're in a bad mood to calm you? Somebody said, oh, if Billy Hush. But John Peel once said that when he's in a foul mood, he would play Jimmy Reed records to calm down. Do you have a go-to artist or album when the red mist descends? His, his is Dusty in Memphis. Um, while you're thinking... Dusty's uh, a good choice. Dusty's a very good choice. Yes. Um, not so much a specific record, but a specific kind of record. Scar, any kind of scar, always lightens your mood. That's true. We often play an album called Intensified. Which is absolutely wonderful. Do you know that compilation? Yeah, yeah. It's got the original version of uh, The Higher the Monkey Climbs and songs like that. There's something utterly reassuring and comforting
1: about Scar. Yeah. It just lifts you. What about you, Alex? Um, It's either Everything is Awesome, the Lego song, (laughs) which is uh, unfailingly cheerful. (laughs) Or, go on. What's the story of Morning Glory?
0: Oh, uh, I knew it. Oh, okay. Never gonna be too far away. From yeah, that. yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, dear. <laughs> okay, well, they're all all worthwhile suggestions. Uh any other business we've got to talk about? Uh, if you haven't got your tickets already for July 17th, uh, in uh in Holland Park, do so because the excitement is building as we get nearer. Uh, we'd like to say, Barney Hoskins is now added to our to our list of raconteurs speakers on the day. In addition to Leslie Ann Jones and Gary Crowley, more to more be announced, to come, more to be announced in due course. Uh, but please,
1: where should people go and look if they want to book tickets? Alex, they can go straight to wylondon There's a there's a ticket widget on the on the front page of the website. So nice and easy. I'm going to finish with a, a sad story. Um,
0: I, I bought this. This is the Mirror and the Light, Hillary Mantel. This is the third. It's pretty thick. Good the God. third, The third part of her a trilogy about Thomas Cromwell, okay? And it's all kind of engrossing stuff and so forth. But in, this morning, I just got to, got to page 624, okay? There's page 624. There's page 625. It's blank. Oh my lord. It's blank. How do I feel about that? I'll tell you how I feel. Cross. You know, it's the missing page. It's Tony Hancock. Oh, that's. Darcy a Sarto, point. the lady don't fall backwards. All those things. So and it's get... not a joke, as it was in uh, in The Diary of a Nobody, when there is a blank page, isn't it? But it's his thoughts. Do you remember? <laughs> that's that's, that's right. just terrible. Though. That's just ridiculous. And, and my wife says, well, of course, you can take it back. I said, well, yes, I can. But, you know, a it's, a, it's a pain in the backside. And B, here's the point. When you've got three quarters of the way through a very, very thick book, do you want it replaced by a new one? I'm no, you saying no. You what don't. you're going to do is go to a bookshop, look up Page six hundred and twenty-seven of uh, a fresh copy. Read it, memorise it, and then run out or photograph it. Possibly <laughs> <laughs> stick it back on the shelf and leg it. But I'm saying it's the kind of problem you did not to have to put up with. Really, no, that's a, it's it's the kind disgrace. of thing up with which we will not put. If this gets back to Hilary Mantel, will be a, a lorry will turn up outside your house and just offload. You know. Pallets full of her books. That's, <laughs> that's, what, kind of, I that's what I need more. Hilton yes, Rick like Toad. <laughs> yeah, 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 no, yeah. we shall see.
1: This podcast was brought to you by The Word Selling a little or a lot?